0: Welcome to Biz Buys on New Radio Media. I'm your host, Armin Nazarian, and today's guest is Michael Blum. Mike, how are you? Hey,
1: I'm doing great, Armin. Good. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks. Uh, today's topic is going to be about franchising, and I understand you're the key guy about franchising or taking a company and starting small and expanding into a, into a franchise, correct? Sure, sure. Great. Let's talk about your background a
1: little bit, Mike. So, yeah. how'd you
0: get into the business and, and, and all that? And we'll, we'll get into it.
1: Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Uh, thanks for asking. Um, you know, I'm a big believer that, you know, in, in success, success begots relationships and relationships begots more success. And so, sort of how I got involved was I was working in corporate America and I wound up really looking, you know, to step into a little bit more of an entrepreneurial environment. Wasn't quite ready at the time to go out on my own and I wound up meeting a, uh, a wonderful franchisor um, in the health and wellness industry and actually went to work for that company. And okay. through the few years that I was there, we were actually able to exponentially grow that thing from basically a startup into almost having about 500, 550 units in development uh, over the course of 10 years. So okay.
0: good, good, good. And you, so you took it? And grew with this business, grew yeah, the company. I and did. And you took it nationally or internationally?
1: Yeah, not international. We were okay. national. Um, we were operating in 13 different states. Uh, we had over 100 locations when I left, 65 okay. corporate, and the balance of of which being franchise Franchises.
0: Good. Very good. So, you know, I get this asked all the time, Mike. You know, I'm a business broker, and um, a lot of people ask me, independent versus franchise.
1: Your thoughts? You know... Franchising is is to me it's 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 a simple concept. Okay. It, it's a it's taking a methodology that somebody else has developed and it's applying careful, preconceived tactics, operations, okay. wherewithal. Could be marketing, could be advertising, could be other key metrics that you need to do. And you basically replicate that. So
0: so it's a proven system and you're just taking and running with
1: it. It is. Okay. It is. And you know, it, it it's interesting in many cases, you know, it's a very affordable way. To, uh, to open a business with, again, very preset guidelines and structures that do exist that are proven. Right, right. Um, you start off locally here in Michigan? Yeah. Is that, w- is that what it was? Correct. So the corporation, it, when I came on board, it had four locations. Okay. They were all, all here in Michigan. They were all in Michigan, okay. and there was only one franchise location located in Florida. Okay. Okay. What, what should somebody ask about, you know, about franchising? You know, I think the biggest thing is just um, being open and upfront with your franchisor. You okay. know, there's so many different opportunities out there. I right. think more than 65% of the marketplace is franchise-laden. Okay. In other words, um, you know, uh, I know you could pull statistics from everywhere, sure. but I think the SBA has some really good numbers out there that says the majority of businesses that open on an annual basis are franchise-based. Good. And so doing the right thing, searching out what exactly you want to do, um, you have to ask yourself, are you going to be a hands-on owner? Are you going to be more absentee? Do you have, you know, the wherewithal to have multiple unit operations, right. or are you simply just looking to go to work in one store? Yeah, franchises. franchiser usually wants owner operators, correct? Yeah, it, that's, it, what, that's what they're looking it, for. It, it does help, you know, mm-hmm. especially the early entrance. Um, you know, when a concept is just coming off the ground, you have proof of concept from the franchisor standpoint. They're looking for your very first sales. In okay. other words, like a lot of businesses do, and and what I would recommend to a franchisor is search those individuals out who are going to be very key validators to your system. In other words, how can they take the success that you had and replicate it in their their store or their location? And so um, that's a big thing. Right, right, but right. on the inverse, there are also opportunities out there to, um, you know, investment groups that are looking to purchase 4, 5, 10, 20 Units. locations uh, in a key area, like an area development, for instance, you know, where they can apply some key strategy and tactics within that model, you know, for scaling their management and sort of being a little more hands-off, just more of the investor relations sure. side of things. Sure,
0: sure. And you're seeing everything out there, franchise. I'm seeing... Food industry to, you know, we had a guest last week that did cell phone repair yeah franchises to um, gyms, health clubs. Everybody's doing it now tanning salons. They got franchises now for tanning salons. So you're seeing it pretty much out there, open. It's it's a concept, it's a system,
1: you're mm-hmm. just following it. It is. And you know, it's exciting because someone's done the hard work for you. That's right. They, That's they, right. They've located the key demographics, the geographics, they've they've gone before you and mastered a system and now they're asking you to play within the rules. Sure. And, and and it works. And they're your backbone. They're helping you all the way through. They are, yeah. Yeah, in often cases. Common misconceptions about franchises or franchising. Franchising is not a set-it-and-forget-it process. It is just as risky as starting a mom-and-pop or brick-and-mortar store. Sure. Um, The interesting piece is most people who get involved would say, hey, you know what, I'm relying on the franchisor to do all the work for me. Um, I'm just willing to cut a check to buy the rights to the franchise. I'm willing to build a location, but I'm not willing to put the hard work in, in other words, the sweat equity. Mm -hmm. And, And that's really key because when you breathe life into something, it lives. If you don't put life into something, it does the it opposite. Does it. Right, it right, does. right, right, right. Right, right, um, right. All franchises successful? No.
0: Nope. We're going back to now um, the the franchisors are going to do their due diligence on somebody getting into the
1: franchise. Sure. But also the person getting into the franchise should do some due diligence. Well, they really yeah. should. And I think, you know, if you're going to look at it two different ways and say, hey, a franchisor needs franchisees to exist, the franchisee needs to make sure that the franchisor is the right person, concept, field team that's going to be able to support their interests their growth and eventually their opportunity for a path of financial freedom right right so some things that some franchisees or potential franchisees should really look for uh is the company viable you know in other words has it existed for any amount of time It's key it's key yeah, yeah. you see a lot of newer companies out there <laughs> right right and and some are fly by night some have great initial out of the gate successes right but really what i would look for at least coach others to do is is really look to see if they have proven results right you know if they if they have an earnings claim inside their fdd which i know we'll talk about a little bit sure. later franchise disclosure documents for uh, for the long for the board. people that don't know what it, what the terms are for that sure sure sure, sure. um you know uh, there's there's a there's a section in there called item 19 and okay. that basically allows a franchisor to make earnings claims Um, you know, it it talks about the the company itself, right? The earnings on the company. It does key stores. Maybe it's all the stores, you know, depending on how big the company is. It may just talk about a select region, um, but definitely it, it can show year over year growth of Mm -hmm. the product or of the offering that's been out there. So you can tangibly track and then forecast your potential growth in a new marketplace or a new building. Good, good. So, so you
0: find a franchise, I find something that I like. Um, the steps usually that the franchisor takes is um, an application, correct? Yes. They're going to take an application. You fill out the application. I know there's a lot of paperwork involved. I'm doing some right now with some national franchises. I mean, this stack could be three inches deep. And they're still asking for more
1: paperwork. It, it really could, you know. So it is a process. Sure, sure. And I think a lot of the uh, the, the change in regulations to banking, lending, mm-hmm. just the overall exposure that people are willing to put themselves out there after you know the recession that we went through in oh seven, oh eight, oh sure. nine. You know those years, um, information is really a reliable tool. Right. And right. so I think what really franchisors are looking for is a well prepared franchisee who's done his or her research, who has their basic background already filed. So maybe that looks like a personal financial statement. Maybe it talks about any of the other businesses that they own certainly talks about net worth circling back to the PFS. Um, and then liquid assets, liquid assets,
0: liabilities, all that they're gonna they're gonna investigate also do their due diligence on that on that buyer. Yeah, because you, this,
1: this is a marriage, pretty much, isn't it? It really it's a, is a marriage between and, the two. And it's important to look at it that way. That's a great key term because just as much as you're investing into a franchisor, or they're investing right back in you. You know that right. franchise fee that you'll pay, and it's variable for different businesses right. and industries. It is a commitment essentially that that they're putting faith in you again, to be a validator for their system, sure. for success. sure. Because, you know, I, 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 I hate to side with the franchisor here. Um, <laughs> I know I'm biased, that's the right. world I live. But uh, at the end of the day, they really wanna make sure that, that their investment is you, in you right. is, is paid off in the end. And right. so they stand more to lose if you don't succeed than they do just simply taking your money and hoping that you'll operate out there right. on an island. Well,
0: well, and you're using their name too. Well, you they are. got their name out there so they want to make sure that, you know. Um I
1: know it's a lot of these franchises they want you to be a, an owner operator. Well, they do. That, you and know? and and another big key successful point for um for uh, key factors when looking at getting into franchising is does that franchise system have a list of validators? You know, I've right. mentioned that term a couple times today. And really it's a it's a roster of key people across the entire system. They Mm -hmm. could be in your state, they could be outside of your state, but essentially what they do is they are a sub component of of essentially just listening to the franchisor speak. You know, there's great motivating people out there, but until you actually have the rubber hit the road, hey, what's the population really doing? What does the system look like? Sure. So to be able to go to that list, Make some phone calls. Maybe those individuals can share some independent earnings claims with you um, or the potential prospective franchisee and uh, and really start to, to develop a, a solid relationship of trust there. Right. Because another great thing when you're in a system, it's competition. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, stack absolutely. rankings, weekly For calls. Sure. You know, you want to be the top and i think owner, you do and, and that's not a bad thing it, it's not it's not, not a bad thing. thing i think you know competition really drives us all i know i'm a very self-starting individual you're the same way right. so i think finding individuals like that For sure. it's a franchisor's dream absolutely absolutely are the banks giving money out on franchises especially new startups yeah do great great question so i i um i'm no banking professional but i do know that, that just from there are... what you did in the past you know and and i know some of the, the my the, the buyers that
0: are coming to me they're saying, you know what, I've got so much, but mm-hmm. I want to see if I can get some more, you know, um, either SBA or or bank uh, bank loan on it, you know. So, you know, that's kind of a whole different territory we're getting into because now you're talking business plans. And I'm sure the franchisors are going to ask for a business plan, their background and everything of that sort. But are you seeing anything with uh, bank financing or did you when you were uh, out franchising them?
1: Yeah, definitely did. And one of the key... Products that were out there was the SBA loan. You okay. know, um, a lot of what we did, um, you know, barrier to entry for this specific franchise, we were able to get in for our franchisee was able to get in for a single store for full build out franchise fee as well as first ninety days worth of product mm-hmm. inventory for somewhere around two hundred eighty five thousand to th- on, to three hundred thousand. On the business that you're talking about, on the about. business that yeah. I'm talking right. about. Okay. So taking that as an example um, you know, this company was registered with the SBA. So when a prospective franchise candidate did apply for a loan, this business was already vetted for the startups that are out there. It could be a little trickier. You know, they're going to want pledges and covenants, and they're certainly going to want personal guarantees. Sure. And so with all of those things being said, there are vehicles out there, typically your smaller banks or more community driven banks are going to look at individuals, in a, in a better light than maybe some of the larger national banks, sure. and the banks can do the same thing. Yeah, check the background and, and all that stuff. So, so um, you know, looking for a franchise,
0: <clears throat> what should I be looking for? Obviously, we talked about you know their background, mm-hmm. their credentials. Um, I think number one should be Mike. If if they like that, you know, I get people that will say, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna force myself to like it because I'm gonna make money. Sure. Which I tell them it's probably a no no. Don't sure. do that. You know, do something that you're gonna enjoy. You'll put 110 into it.
1: Right. I couldn't agree more. You right. know, if you're going to serve two masters and basically have your mainstay of business that that's your normal nine to five. Right. And then you are going to step out and do something that you're a little more hands off that might have an ops team in place. It definitely needs to be something you're passionate about. For sure. So if if, if as an example, if you're a sports guy um, and you want to get into opening up a gymnasium, don't go and open up a haircut place. That's right.
0: That's right. And I tell that to a lot. And then sometimes they listen, sometimes they don't, you sure, know? Sure, And sure. then six months later, they're calling me up. Hey, Army, we got to put this thing on the market. It's not for me, you know? Right, right. Um, the FDD, we did talk about the FDD, and there's a, a grace period that um, uh, it talks about the whole company, sure. everything about the company. And I think the the, the rule is 14 days, correct?
1: Yeah, it it's, is 14 um, business
0: days. 14 business days for them to, to review that. And at that point, nobody really um interacts with the with the buyer. They just go ahead and they that's they, there to talk to an attorney, a CPA, whatever they have to do to make up their decision if
1: they want to move forward or not. Exactly. And a lot of franchisors, they will extend that time so it's not like on day fourteen you have to make a commitment. Right. But essentially, no one from the Franchise Corp can contact you during that time because it's about influencing. And there's certain federal trade laws that exist mm-hmm. when you register an entity for availability for franchising. You have to comply with the federal statutes and limitations and things right. like this, too. So, um, but you are key. You're, Good. You're, you're dead on with that.
0: Fantastic. So I find something I like. Um, let's talk about a little bit, Mike, about um, training. I know your training was local because it was here. So you get approved. They usually fly you out for training, right? Yep, that's true. And in, in training, from what I gather, is from walk, or unlocking your door, turning on the lights, running the whole business, the whole system, knowing the, the 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 program, the software. By the time
1: you're done with that training period, you know how to run this business. Yeah, you got it. And really that as a franchisee, you should be looking to see or shadow or at least understand, hey, what kind of documentation does the franchisor have out there? Right. Speaking to to, to my personal experience, we had a two week long training. It was actually held in one of our corporate locations. Okay. So people from all over the country in the 13 different markets that we operated in, they would fly here to Michigan and they would train for two weeks. Part of their franchise fee was enrollment in that training. Okay. It was the purchase of all of the required, you know, right uh, documents, paperwork, um, training manuals, all of those type things. And what we would do is we would run them through roughly a full solid week of in the trenches. And are they they're they're actually working at an open store? They Correct. did, yeah. So, so, so we were seeing tra- the whole operation. They're, they're seeing everything. They're working out of a mature location, something okay. to expect with real-time volume okay. that that has already, you know, successfully been open and running for a period of time along with, you know, the, the required corporate trainer that right. would be guiding them along the way to help them get through some common misconceptions or additional pitfalls. Or, you know, maybe they meet a client that, you know, there's a, there's an objection resolution model that needs to take place. So they're, they're, they're seeing the whole nitty gritty of everything. And then what we did was week two was more of behind the scenes, the backend stuff, the financials, the accounting, the inventory ordering, the way that you settle royalties, you know, gift card transactions, all of that type of stuff, um, from a franchisor's end, you don't want to assume that people know what they may not know. Right. You want to have them sign off, make sure they're duly trained, developed. So this way, if anything does start to go sideways during their operation, we can always go back and say, hey, look, we did send you through training. We did send you through development. Right. It seemed like you locked on good. Where's the disconnect? We're sure. willing to dive in and help you. Absolutely. But we, we, we need to figure out where the shortfall is.
0: Right, 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 right. And then you're also getting the, uh, the seller Will stay on board usually a couple of weeks after, correct? Yeah. Or, well, that's an existing franchise. That's We're going an to existing. talk about that too. Sure, um, sure. Going on that. So, um, they do, I'm sure, good grand reopenings or grand openings yeah. to get you up and going and uh, all the PR and everything of that sort. Mm-hmm. Corporate will do that.
1: Uh, they usually pay for it. Um, Yeah, so it really depends on the franchise company. So, for instance, um, some do like a a minimum marketing spend monthly, but their very first initial purchase for grand opening is, you know, two or three times the amount of of their monthly monthly reoccurring spend. So a lot of times that's on the franchisee themselves, but with corporate representation there to assist through the grand opening.
0: Okay. Fantastic. Well, we're going to go to a quick break. Stay tuned for Biz Buys on New Radio
2: Media. We're offering spectacular savings during the spring sales event at Parkway Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Great deals on our inventory of over 2,000 new vehicles, including our entire selection of Ram 1500 pickups, with special lease deals on many of our best-selling models. Over 200 vehicles, under $200 a month. Early out on all lease payoffs of $3,000 or less. And Parkway offers an extra $2,000 for your trade-in. Only at Parkway Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, in Clinton Township, where you just show up, sign up, and ride. What's going on in your neighborhood? They say it takes a village.
0: It's the simple things.
2: (laughs) The things that are a testament the things that are a testament to the new. You
1: know what's going on in your community. Check out our community channel
0: on newradiomedia.com.
2: on
3: newradiomedia.com,
2: <laughs> The Arts and Entertainment Channel on newradiomedia.com
1: It's all about you, and that's the way we like it.
3: Where you're going.
2: What you do to stay fit,
3: what you're eating, what you're thinking,
2: and how you're feeling. Join the conversation at NewRadioMedia.com's Lifestyles channel. Stream the you want live.
0: Welcome back to Biz Buys on New Radio Media. I'm your host, Armin Dezeri, and I have Michael uh, Blum with me today. And we are talking about franchising. And, again, this is – if if there's any um, – anybody out there listening and want to call in, we do take live calls. Our number is 844-999-9249. And we just took our break, and we were talking about grand openings where – the franchisor will go ahead and actually do a grand opening for all the new franchisees.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Correct. And, correct. Uh, and they, um, it's usually a big hurrah, big bang. I know, uh, a couple of uh, franchise ice cream stores that I've sold. They, I mean, they'll have, um, magicians DJ out there. There'll be a, you know, a, a, uh, maybe the news people will be out there, balloons, everything. It's just a big community thing to bring people in. Yep. Yep. Very true. So, um, how can a franchisee set themselves up for success? What are some of the things that we should take? You know, obviously, due diligence is number one. Well, you of know, Do your homework. You're going to do it. You know, in the franchisor's part is to help them
1: also succeed because win-win situation, they don't want anybody shutting their doors. Sure, sure. You know, a, a couple of other things. Just there's never too many questions to ask. Right. You know, the FDD or Franchise Disclosure Document is going to give the entire rundown of, of sort of how the company operates, Correct. just short of the training. So, so that's going to capture a lot of information. Okay. But, expand your thoughts. Ask about things like, you know, the point-of-sale system. Who controls your cash? Okay. How are your Franchise Royalty Reconciliations done? You know, is it done weekly, monthly, quarterly? What are your minimum spends, which would obviously be disclosed in the FDD? But you know, if you're if you're a store that isn't quite profitable yet, in in a lot of franchisees don't especially
0: understand... starting off new.
1: Yeah, yeah. So. so you know, it's been my experience in in working for a or and consulting in a few different franchise brands out there that a lot of stores they don't hit that profitability standpoint until about month six okay. to twelve months. That's actually good. So yeah, That's not and, too bad. In in a lot of cases, it is good, but there could be some that take maybe a little longer than 12 months. right. So so be prepared to maybe operate in the red for a little while. right.
0: So that means uh, reserves of capital. exactly. Right? And what are we looking at Mike what, do you, what would you say is a good reserve? You know everybody I've talked to many different people and they'll say, you know how many months have six months worth, three
1: months worth your thoughts. I tend to believe that the more you have, the better. I know, sure. I know money doesn't grow on trees. you're going to have hidden costs popping up. You are. And businesses are cyclic, too. So maybe they peak right. in the wintertime when huge gift card sales come through for the holidays. Maybe they dull out in the spring, depending on the nature of the business. Now, you mentioned ice cream. Seasonal. That, that, that's that clearly right. is going to blow <laughs> yeah, up in the spring-summer. Right. Probably right. not tail off till late that's fall. That's the time to
0: open up. Right. But you know, I hear that a lot of the franchisors kind of want you to open up A little bit in the slower season, so you're not bombarded with the doors wide open, you know. Get in there, get your feet wet, and then once you do your grand opening, you know, people are coming in. At least you're, you know, smooth sailing going into it, you know. Rather than opening your doors and you got 3,000 people coming through the door, you know. What do I do? Exactly, and
1: being underprepared, understaffed. I get it. Right, right. And you're exactly right on that.
0: Right, and, and they usually, like, you start off with one store, obviously, it's
1: common sense, and then build into multiple stores. It is, but a lot of franchisors out there, they will, especially the startups, they will offer incentive for a well-established, well-qualified individual to potentially buy two two stores. Three stores. Multiple units. Multiple units, it. exactly. So if they just intend on opening, you know, three stores in the next five years, right. that package could look something like, you know, and I'm making these numbers up, but let's say the, the franchise fee to buy in is 45000 per okay. store. You know, if they wind up buying a three-store commitment on the front side... Typically, the franchisors will discount that to like a $90,000 buy or a $100,000 buy. So really, you're getting that third store's franchise fee for nothing. Nothing. Right, right. And you know, I've, I've owned multiple businesses myself. Sure. I saw or I realized,
0: Mike, it was easier to run multiple units than one unit because I could bounce employees from store to store, supplies from store to store if it was one unit. Somebody doesn't show up, guess who's stuck doing it? Sure, sure. You know?
1: And when you have more stores you can scale. So again, that management right. that you're talking about, you know, maybe you maybe you have a, a store leader or a mm-hmm. location leader in each one of the locations, but maybe with with, you know, three stores, five stores, you have a district leader or district right. manager that can oversee and then you can allocate, you know, that person's job to take more weight off your shoulders as the owner and it allows you as time goes on to be slightly more absentee than maybe you have to be on day one when you open up. Right. And, um, I can't just do whatever I want with a
0: franchise. I know independent you can, but with a franchise, you're following their guidelines.
1: Yeah, you really are. And, and what you're doing is you're bottling a concept and you know uh, what, what, what a lot of people think is that, Hey, I'll, I'll buy the name. I'll buy the product offering but then I'm going to integrate my own sales tactics. I'm going to market the way I want to. Well, there's a lot of restrictions in, in, in franchising, and there's a lot of good reason for it. Because mm-hmm. franchisors, what you don't see is they spend countless hours, countless dollars in investigating, researching the markets. What works, what doesn't what work. What work doesn't work. And if I'm just being honest, mm-hmm. learn, don't learn from your mistakes right. and your money. Right. If if someone else has gone before you right. and learned oh, yeah. spending their dollars, for sure. Let's leave that burden of, of let them go of, ahead and of do proof it. on them. That's right. And let's reap the benefit of of their shortfalls now turned into successes because they know how to do it the right way. Sure, sure. Um,
0: what are the territories, Mike? That we're looking at. Usually, you know, I know some of the local franchises here that I've been dealing with. You know, I'm always worried. Will they allow them to open one up across the street? Will they allow them to open up in two mile radius? Sure. What's your typical? And I know there's gonna be buyers out there listening to the show thinking, you know what? Is everyone gonna be open up right across the street? Is it like a three mile radius? Is it a five mile radius? What is your t- is it by zip code county? Um,
1: yeah, everybody's different. It's it's everything that you just mentioned. I mean, really, it's it's to the franchise. You know, mobile franchises typically sell to the zip code. You're, okay. you're protected in that territory. More brick and mortar or locational buildings, they're going to sell to a three-mile radius, a five-mile radius, sometimes a ten-mile radius, depending on population. So it's not
0: overlapping each other or right, anything. Right, right.
1: The, the worst thing that a franchisor can hear from his franchise community is about cannibalization right. or sales from, let's just use as an example, um, farm Hills here right um, going to a Southfield clinic sure you know that's sure. that's gonna be tough on Southfield
0: and it's happened I've, I've sold or I've heard stories where A franchise that have delivery route services, they cross over each other's territory, and it could be a nightmare.
1: Sure. You know, and And a very astute franchisor would have methodologies in place behind the scenes. How to control that. How to control that and how to reconcile. So, So check on the POS system or point of sale system, the cash reconciliation. Oftentimes, your more astute franchisors are going to have a, a, a built system with global enterprise technology in it that they can track serial numbers on gift cards, that they can track incoming calls. Sure. um, You know, so they allocate the proper refunds or credits and debits, if you will, from one franchise location to another. Absolutely. Can
0: I do my own advertising? I know we're we're going back to advertising, but it just popped up. Um, I know they do the advertising. They take a royalty fee and an advertising fee. Uh, Can I do my own advertising? Is it something that I could just go ahead and do like a a community gazette paper? Um, Can I get on the radio and do it? Or do I have to
1: Run it through corporation. They've got to give me the approval, obviously. Sure, sure. What I've always seen in any system that I've, you know, worked in or consulted for, um, you know, they have quarterly marketing spends that you have to carve out quarter prior before you can do it Mm -hmm. quarter next, if that makes sense. Sure. And sometimes I've seen, yes, you can go in the Gazette. You can go on radio. Um, It all has to be pre-approved by the corporation first. Typically, they'll have a marketing entity that's either third party doing these approvals, or if they're Mm -hmm. big enough, they'll have someone in-house doing them for you. And they will check and balance everything you do, and they will regulate it that way. So, so you do have some flexibility. You know, I've seen a lot of the every door direct mailers. I've seen the local publications. I've seen even more grassroots where they're buying a ten by ten pop up tent and they're going to the local supermarket and saying, "Hey, we've got you know XYZ business a right. mile and a half down the road. Here's a couple of free samples. Why don't you come and see us?"
0: Yeah, you see even cube trucks with logos on yes, them or advertising. The LEDS that drive. They don't down even the run. You see them pushing them up to the
1: corner. Yeah, you know, exactly. Or, or dummy uh, figures holding up signs and everything of that sort right. you know, so they'll
0: do anything any to, kind of
1: exposure to right. get val you know there's something that um and i didn't mean this to spin off on advertising and marketing mm-hmm. um in total mm-hmm. but you know oftentimes it takes a consumer four to five validations before they're activated into a client before it clicks exactly yeah absolutely so if they see that mobile billboard if they see that grassroots marketing campaign in the parking lot get a mailer in their mail going to their home or business repetition's good you got it that's right, keep seeing it. it, keep it. But that's it. only enough to capture the client, then they actually have to convert the client into a long-lasting client. That's
0: where it comes into play.
1: That's how good the
0: salesperson is, you know, to, to come into play, Sure. to go Wh- ahead and do that. Which
1: circular references to the great training that a franchisor <sighs> needs to give his Z, because you can't assume that everybody has a sales background. They don't. So how can you teach or take what you're passionate about as a franchisor and bottle that? Right. Because really, how do you replicate that? Right. That's the age-old question. And yeah, so you have you it know. in
0: you, or you don't. But that's going back,
1: Mike. Is the person that does something that they
0: enjoy doing, they're going to come out with a way to figure it out. You got it. They're going to. You got you know, it. Somebody that's not passionate about it, you know, and they're they're in it. They're following the the, the booklet and everything like that. You know, you got to have it in you
1: you have to you know, and, you'll
0: and, put 110% into it and
1: organically you have to be able to look across from someone and know okay i've been trained well enough to know that these these conflict resolution models or these overcoming sales objections that that i've been taught i i don't just bullet point down the page on right. them to to earn your business right. i have to know that or that a conversation organically Right. You know, happens. And right. so, you know, the ebb, the flow, the 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 objection, the the overcoming that, you know, sometimes you don't win them all. But in the majority, if you trust the system that has come before you, that is proven, it will work. Right. Right. Every state's different, obviously. So franchisor or a new franchisor
0: obviously has to a good corporate attorney investigate all the, the, the laws of every state.
1: Absolutely. Um, you know, I'm very big on. Stick to your core competencies. If you're a if you're a business owner as a franchisor or a franchisee, and you are able to get into a space and operate it, mm-hmm. you operate it. Good. Leave the legal side to the professionals. Leave the leave the finance side to the banks. Leave the tax prep put a professional to the CPAs. Team together. It's important it, to put it, a team together. It really is important. And you and one may look and say, "Hey, I'm spending a lot of money on the front side of things to get this thing off the ground," but But I would challenge that person to say, look, you need to spend additional dollars to well protect yourself, to understand the ebbs and the flows of what you're going to see from state to state, because everything's different. different. New York is different than Michigan. Michigan is different than Florida. Florida is different than California. Absolutely. Absolutely. um, So on and so forth.
0: Good. Well, we're going to take another quick break. Stay tuned for Biz Buys on New Radio Media. At Murray's Park City, we're known for offering customer service you won't get in any chain store or online.
3: A gelling agent used in making jams and jelly may have anti-cancer properties. Now, anyone who's ever made jams or jellies is familiar with the ingredient known as pectin, which is a natural fiber product found in most fruits and vegetables. A group from the Institute of Food Research in the United Kingdom found that under the right conditions, pectin releases a molecular fragment that binds with a protein that inhibits cancer growth. And the thing that may make jam and jelly more effective is slowing the growth of cancer than raw pectin is the process used to modify it for use in jams and jellies. You see, it turns out that the modification helps to emphasize the release of the cancer-fighting fragment, which is known as Golectin-3. Now, most commercially available pectin comes from the peel or citrus fruits and apple pulp that is processed before its sale. So for now, no one knows if pectin found in unprocessed fruits and vegetables has the same cancer-fighting qualities. With another prescription for your health, I'm Dr. Jim Bragman.
0: Welcome back to Biz Buys, a new radio media. My guest today is Michael Blum, and we are talking about franchising. And uh, if you are just uh, joining us, you could, uh, this is a live um, uh, show. You can call us at 844-999-9249. And uh, we left off at, um, it was, we were talking about advertising and all that stuff. And uh, I want to ask you really quick, Mike, how can franchisors set themselves up for success? That's a Question that he always ask me, and I don't have the answer. Sure, <laughs> you know, so. sure.
1: Well, I speak to the startups out there, and I also okay. speak to the astute franchisor. And I think the moral of the story is be honest. Okay, be honest. Both sides. Both sides. Franchisor
0: and the possible franchisee. Exactly. Franchisee.
1: Exactly. So, so the more transparent one can be, mm-hmm. the the better off the relationship is. You mentioned earlier, look at it like a marriage. Right. You know, be honest. Right. And and all will work out. Um, you never get a second chance at a first impression. Right, right. And that's so important. Very, very important. You know, another really big thing, and this may come off as crass to some people, but but franchisors should be selective on who they let in their system. You know, they mm-hmm. yes, someone could be well qualified from a financial side of things, sure. but will they represent the brand well? That's right. It, it depends. I mean, and and really, you don't know that until you know it. Sometimes, and I've spoken with people in and out of the industry right. who, who have said, hey, I would never franchise because I don't like not being able to do my own thing. Right. Well, I would argue that, hey, look, maybe franchising isn't for you. But for those that that would like to limit their risk, and I don't want you to think that I'm saying that there's no risk involved right. with franchising because it is as volatile as any startup business. Sure. On your own, brick mortar, mom and pop, however you want to coin right. the term. Um, but uh, – um but it is definitely something that um that that you need to be selective on, I guess, from both sides.
0: You know, it's a good point you made, Mike, because I've gone to a couple um franchise fast food restaurants. And I'll tell you what you have a bad experience. Sure. You don't want to go back to that one or another one. No, just, it's just you're you're done, right? You know and, so, and unfortunately,
1: yeah. the big, Burger chain. That's right. And the second big burger chain. If you have a bad burger, it's, a bad, sure. burger it's, it's a bad burger. It's a bad burger across
0: the board. So right. the franchisor, great point. They've got to make sure that they're going to, um, you know, deliver the product consistent, smiling faces. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's appearance and first impression, as you mentioned. Right.
1: Um, you know, another big thing for franchisors is be patient. Yeah. With your franchisees. You know they are investing oftentimes their life savings for sure, for and sure covenants and guarantees and all of these things that are indenturing right a, a husband or a wife or a you know individual to mm-hmm. to a, 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 a series of years of debt oh yeah in order to allow the opening of this so you know I think I think a, a franchisor who who gets that and who understands that look. You know, there's a, a huge level of exposure that right. their franchisee is putting him or herself out there for. So I think if the franchisor feels like the franchisee is asking too many questions or might not get it, yeah, right. whatever it may be. Be patient. Be patient. Right, right. Yeah,
0: Some of these guys are, they're mortgaging their houses and everything, you know, to open one up. When you open up a new franchise, obviously, it's going to cost a, a lot more than buy an existing one because you got the depreciation correct you got it and um uh your chances are probably a little bit better buying an existing one because it's up and running sure and uh you know it's what'd you say uh six months to 12 12 months to see if it's gonna flow sometimes up to two
1: years yeah and i've seen i've seen that and everything in between so it's definitely something that um you know the more studied you are the more hard you or the harder you work right um oftentimes are direct indications of success and yeah, results. Be patient,
0: for sure. You know, they, they're pulling everything out. Sometimes they're, they're credit cards. Family members are pulling out on mortgages. So definitely you want to, uh, you know, on that part. Yeah. So um, very good. Talked about the training that they have. Um, obviously, the, the the corporate will supply the training for you. And then also the comeback seller, or that's an existing store, seller will stay on board and train also. Right. Um, all the software POS systems, um, equipment that's involved, if it's a restaurant or anything of that sort, the franchisor has the vendors that'll supply. So you're not just going out there and saying, okay, I got to start looking for a carpenter. I got to look for this. I got to look for that. Usually it's a package. Sure. You've got a list of vendors that you're calling and going through. Makes it easy. Correct. Good deal. And we talked about uh, marketing. Corporate's doing uh, marketing for you. And again, we're talking, this is for new franchises. We're talking about we got time in the show we're gonna talk about buying an ex- existing franchise and, sure. and what to look out for so what if you're the franchiser, mike what if you're the franchiser of a brand new startup there's no corporate stores out there mm-hmm. um, maybe one model store what should somebody look for obviously uh you know they're the first thing they're going to say is okay you've got one store you know i'm going to be your first franchisee how do i know this is going to be successful
1: well, I said a few minutes ago that you know if you could just take you know let's just say your excitement, Armin, because you're an sure. excitable guy, yeah. and I, I'd buy something from you today. <laughs> Thanks. But uh, so let's let me let, go ahead and
0: start up a franchise. <laughs> exactly. I'll exactly. Spend the first week. <laughs> the
1: the the key again from from an early or startup mm-hmm. franchise company that's okay. looking for its first franchisee. Right. You know that franchisee, whether the franchisee wants to believe it or not, they could have the best. Proven system out there, but it's my belief that that individual or that franchisee is buying you, the franchisor. Just
0: Again, going back to, to a start first with. and, and it's a first
1: impression. So, so if you're going to hustle as a franchisor and you're going to sell your first store, your second store, your third store, whether you have a corporate proof or not, or if it's just a test model, right? Um, the the the, ind- the independent investors are going to be buying you. Right Now, over some time, I think the paradigm will shift, and when you actually have more key validators in the system that we spoke to earlier in the show sure. that, that can sit there and say, hey, I'm not the franchisor, I can speak to my own independent successes of how I've run my store or stores in this system, then I think you're going to start to have a shift of maybe the newer People buying into the system later, mm-hmm. let's call it year two, year three, year four. Let's say that, let's say the system has 10 stores now, right. 15 stores. Whatever that number may be, now individuals are going to buy the name. They're right. going to buy the brand recognition. They're going to buy the success of everything they're hearing. That's right. And not so much maybe the CEO of the company. That's
0: right. That's right. Um, really quick, Mike, a brand new franchisor, mm-hmm. how does he get his name out? Is there trade magazines, trade publications? Are there um franchise conventions that they can have a booth at? Yeah. Your intake on that. Yeah, You're great. the one that you know started a, a company with four units, well over five hundred.
1: How do you take a company brand new, expand? You need to plan to spend some dollars. Okay. You said two things that are very big that worked really well for okay. us. Um, franchise publications. Okay. Getting, so trade publications. Trade publications. Out, getting okay. those out there. Even local independent business mm-hmm. publications, you know, here in Detroit, you know, Cranes. Sure. That would be a huge thing. Um, another really large key thing that worked for us was franchise expos. There's three or four of them in the country. I know Vegas has one. Yeah, Vegas has so, one. Orange County in California has one. There's a huge one in Texas. There's another great big one down in Orlando annually. Okay. Those are where... You want to set up shop and pitch your pitch. You do. And, you know, floor space comes at a premium. Mm -hmm. So depending on what you're willing to invest, um, you know, maybe you're yoked next to the the, the big players. The big players. (laughs) Or maybe you're down an aisle that might not get as much traffic. Right, right. And it's all first come, first serve. And you're, you're talking to a lot of people. You are. You are. Talking you know, to a lot over of a two or three day event, you could have upwards of 200, 300 potential tire kickers, if you will. And I don't mean that in a in a but negative it's a connotation. Game. But it really is. It's
0: a numbers game. You know, it's uh, in my business the same thing. Have I talked to twenty people? I'm hoping one good one's going to come out of it. You sure, know? sure. so uh, It is a numbers game. You know. Well, the famous thing is what? The more mud I throw on the wall, some's going to stick. And that's what's that's, exactly. that's what we're going to do. Um, and you, should, the franchisor should speak openly about what they're doing, everything about the business, their projected maybe three-year,
1: five-year outcome on the company. Yep, exactly. Talk about their development plan. Mm-hmm. These are the key areas currently in, let's just say – For sake of where we're at, the Detroit market, of how many stores they forecast to have here in a mature market, where market two will be, where market three will be, if they're having Mm -hmm. ambitions of being that large. You know, talk about the overall development plan. Are they going to allow area developers in? You know, a lot of these these newer franchise models, the way that they're able to replicate units so fast is they let in maybe 15 or 20 key area developers, mm-hmm. which are like a sub-franchisor okay. who own territory rights that have the ability to have a profit-sharing model on the royalties. So right. it typically is like a 60-40 or a 70-30 split where the parent company takes the majority of the royalty okay. – but due to these area developers selling key locations within their protected territory, our geographics, they too reap the benefit of being a sub franchisor. But along with that comes the full responsibility of holding the franchisees, franchisees. in their markets accountable Absolutely. to corporate standards. As it'd be
0: like a, a master agent. Is what That's it would
1: exactly be. what it'd so, be. And, and since you mentioned it, there's a couple ways that I've seen. You know, typically um, franchisors will sell area developments and hold correct. them to a development contract that's right or i've also seen franchisors gift the areas because if if someone bites off and says hey i'm super ambitious i'm going to develop this area but then they're in default you mm-hmm. know it gets sticky legally so if they're gifted in area development then it's very easy for the franchisor to take that back upon default good really quick mike let's talk about employees does the
0: franchisor help with hiring franchise or employees? How's that? Uh,
1: you know, they could offer recommendations, okay. but I really do recommend that the person who owns the location hire the employees. Okay. There's going to be standardized, you know, job role descriptions, listings, you know, things like that for employment boards. But really, it's not the franchisor running your business. It's right. you. It's you. So you need to gel with that candidate because guess what? I may hire a manager in my business that isn't going to gel with you. For sure. For sure.
0: Employee, employee, or uh, employment uh, contracts, um,
1: booklets, handbooks, franchisee, franchisor. A lot Ooh, of it's proprietary, it so okay. so the system will hand mm-hmm. it down. Especially in, if if most of the stores are in the same market, you want the same compliance in the same state with the same HR language and and you know mm-hmm. employment uh, requirements that that state provides. Good. Uh, what do many franchisees look for after they're committed? They look for support. Number one. Number one. They look for knowing that what they've invested in is something that the franchisor is still excited about them being involved with. So still going to work like it was 30 years ago. Your first week, you got to work. You know, you got to be excited and going. You got it. They love it. Um, you know, some of those key things that they look for weekly or biweekly training calls mm-hmm. to sort of speak about the best practices or or just other simple ways to connect, just mm-hmm. feeling heard. Okay. They they may find a you know a, a lot of value in venting during those calls. I think the more franchisors can just steer and hold it specific to hey based on system requirements what's working what's not working right 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 and so working through that showing them some love that really works coaching everything comes
0: right from uh, and usually there's a call in hotline right you can yeah, call they're... in for stuff I, i've i've seen some with again going back to the uh, franchise ice cream they have it where they can call in hey i got this problem i got this issue you know and there's always support on the other side sure most franchises, I, i'm sure would uh would offer that
1: yeah. Yeah. It's been my experience that they do. And what they do is they keep it lively. They keep it topic changes from week to week or mm-hmm. bi weekly. And then, you know, not all of it's mandatory. Some of it's just dial in to learn new tactics, to hear things. But a good franchisor is also going to have some mandatory lockdown calls to say, hey, hey sure. twice a month or, you know, three times a quarter. However, they might do it um, that, that the franchisee is required to be on for new training update. Then they certify that they heard this information right. because there's a new rollout or promo or something like that. Um
0: meetings do they have sales meetings and everything
1: how often they, uh local ones do they have them they don't yeah depending on how large the market is okay. um, they will okay that's what I've seen there's also national convention that typically every which franchise, are I hear are a lot of fun they are they to. are but you know it's what happens at the convention stays, stays at,
0: the at the convention, convention the, so I do hear that I do
3: hear <laughs> that so
1: um,
0: so again we're gonna talk right now we're just talking about opening up a, a, a franchise mm-hmm. a new franchise We're going to be talking a little bit about buying existing franchise once we come back from our break. Again, we're going to do a quick break. Uh, We are Biz Buys on New Radio Media.
2: Want to stay informed, entertained, and enlightened? Get connected and stay connected today to New Radio Media. The New Radio Media app is now available for download in the Apple and Google Play Store. Just search for NRM Streams. For unlimited access to archived, live, new, exciting, and unique content. Welcome to Geektainment Weekly. All for free. Do it now. Stay connected.
3: And action.
2: Guys, go to New radiomedia.com <laughs> The Arts and Entertainment Channel on New Radio Media. What's going on in your neighborhood?
1: It's all about you, and that's the way we like it.
3: Where you're going.
2: What you do to stay fit.
3: What you're eating. What you're thinking.
2: And how you're feeling. Join the conversation at newradiomedia.com's lifestyles channel. Stream like you want to live.
0: Welcome back to Biz Buys on New Radio. Welcome back to Biz Buys, a on New Radio Media. I'm your host, Armin Nazarian. We do have Michael Blum with us today. And before we went to our um, commercial break, we were just talking about new setup franchises.
1: Um, pitfalls, Mike. There's going to be some pitfalls. Let's cover those right now. Let's get it out. Just one man's opinion, <laughs> but I, I would recommend that all franchisees or prospective franchisees steer clear of very high-pressure sales tactics. For sure. If it doesn't feel comfortable, it's probably not for you. And your heart's going to be your best answer.
0: Your heart's going to tell you, let's move with it or let's not do it. It really will.
1: Consult your network. Maybe if you're a person of faith, pray about it. Um, You know, it's definitely something that you have to be comfortable with getting involved with. For sure. If it feels sticky, there's a lot of opportunity out there. So maybe walk from this one.
0: And, And, you know, I think, Mike, you said early on, patience. You know, don't just jump into it right away because a friend said, hey, do this. It's Somebody's success may not be your success. Sure. So, you know,
1: yeah. And not to sound corny, but Rome wasn't built in a day. So it takes diligence. It takes timing. It takes, you know, a lot of things lining up in order for it to work. Yep. Um, What else about pitfalls? Any uh, other things other than just... uh... I'd recommend, you know, look at the marketing requirements. I know we touched on that a few times today, and Mm -hmm. I would just be very clear uh, or have a clear understanding on what the franchisor is requiring of you. Are they covering it? Are you covering it? How and when? Is it audited? You know, what happens if if you're you're spending the required dollars but you're not seeing a return right right so so these are conversations that you really need to drill down depending on the industry you're in and um um lost my thought here Anyways, <laughs> it'll pop up, I'm sure. Yeah, no problem. Just, it, it. It's just, to me, it's very important to, hey, look, you know, you're going to spend umpteen thousand dollars on buying a, a, franchise, a franchise name. Right. You know, what does that name include? Right. It's not just the name to to spend 50 grand on or 60 grand. Or right. And I'm making numbers up. Right. But, you know, be be diligent enough to understand where your initial investment's going. Will
0: the franchise, franchisor audit you? They can, can't
1: they? They can, and oftentimes they will send in secret shop programs to make sure that your employees are doing the right thing, that the scripting is right, that your security systems are in play, and they have oftentimes full carte blanche of your entire POS, okay. and so they know if you're stealing.
0: And that's what I was going to ask, is they're usually tapped right into your POS system? Correct, and your, in some cases shelter.
1: they have EFT requirements or, or privileges to your bank account, okay. and so a, a reconciliation for royalties, you know, it's a, it's a hey... We have calculated that this is what you owe. It's being drafted from your account sure. on this day of the month. So they pull it out.
0: And I think majority are doing that. They are. EFT, well, that, uh, which
1: is the electronic fund transfer.
0: They really are. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Good deal. Um, let's move on, Mike, to – I know we got a little bit left to the show about buying an existing franchise. I just want to recap this a little bit. So um, some of the questions you should ask when buying an existing franchise – um, should you go to the franchiser and ask about that location? Should you talk to other franchisees about, you know, the company? What What's your input?
1: Yeah, I think if you, like, say, for instance, you have a business listed, okay? I, I would go to that contact that's listing the business, and okay. I, I would ask questions like, hey, how did it work for you? The actual seller. The actual seller, you know, after they, you know, properly complete the non-disclosure agreements and things that you would require as a broker to to assist in the sale of that business. But then I'd go directly to that seller, that franchisee who's looking to exit the system, and I'd just ask, why are you leaving? Was it successful for you? Um, What were your common issues that you had? Right. Um, What were your greatest successes? Sure. What are you going to miss? And I don't think there's a wrong answer here. I just think that you as a potential buyer of an existing franchise have to be prepared with, hey, what's my list of negotiables and non-negotiables? Right. And outside of price, I think a lot of those intangible things are your gut feeling like we talked about as well as just the overall appearance of the building. You know, is there an existing lease? Are you assuming something? Do you have time left? Are you going to have to be forced to move as soon as you spend all this money to buy an existing business? So these are key things that you should, again, we talked about it earlier, build team, have a legal professional, have a CPA, CPA attorney. look at what kind of tax documentation is out there for the operating years on this business. And a great thing is ask, Other
0: franchisees about the company. Sure. They'll be honest. If there's a specific business you're buying, I've always uh, seen that. You know, ask the neighbors, uh, you know, the surrounding neighbors that own businesses. Find out about the area, the Mm -hmm. neighborhood.
1: And in today's day and age, social media does business a lot of favors. It does. As well as keeps a really key component on the pulse of, are they taking care of their customers? Right, right. Very good. Very good. Any? What about your bad? What are you doing now, Mike? So, so when I left uh, the, the franchise or that I worked for, I uh, I went in or back into construction. Okay, so you're completely out of the
0: franchise side now, or I am out from that business. That business, I okay. do.
1: I am a, a, a minor partner in a holdings company that we do bring in, um, you know, mom and pop businesses. We buy them, okay. and what we do is our our mission is to to take them, standardize them, and turn them into franchise ready operations. And Pretty so cool. currently have something on my plate. We're working with that. Um, maybe that's a, a story for another time. Right. But my mainstay, I actually own a, um, a commercial and residential uh, construction management firm, Very uh, good. Mosaic Building Group. So we're, okay. here, we're local in Michigan. Uh, we do a lot of residential work in this area. Okay. A lot of our commercial project management and GC work is all over the country. We service, uh, you know, office space, and retail build outs we do significant work for franchisees franchisors build corporate and and franchise locations alike. Cool. so they still find you yeah <laughs> you know? yeah they find you you can't me get away and even then... if
0: you wanted to get away you can't <laughs> get away they will find well,
1: you it's a blessing yeah, i you know we've, my my story's been i'm very thankful that that i've been able to walk this journey i've got a lot of great people in my corner awesome. the company that i worked for uh, still great friends with the owner ceo um, Perfect. just a just a top to bottom uh, great individual good and end. they're still growing i'm sure on their they're end. growing and they're working on other concepts as well so i wish them the best of luck always and uh uh you know so yeah i Absolutely. guess that's, that's kind of I mean, me in a nutshell you've
0: probably seen everything out there
1: maybe not everything but, <laughs> but uh, I, i've certainly <laughs> seen some things that work great and, and some other things that might need some
0: revision sure 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 well mike it was a pleasure having you on the show and uh, hopefully we could do it again, a uh, completely different uh, tune with franchises. I'm your host, Armin Nazarian. we got Michael Blum with us today. This is uh, Biz Buys on New Radio Media. We'll see you next week.
3: The brain naturally shrinks as you go older. Now there's research that indicates that the rate of shrinkage increases if you drink alcohol. Your brain volume naturally decreases by about 2% for every decade you live and in the past scientists have speculated that this rate could be slowed with moderate alcohol intake because it appears to improve your heart function and your blood flow but now however the US researchers have found what they call a significant negative relationship between the amount of alcohol that you consume and your brain volume a study involving nearly two thousand men and women found a significant difference in the brain volumes of people who were moderate drinkers and those who were teetotalers And the association was especially strong in women. So the bottom line, say the experts, is that while modern alcohol consumption may help your heart and blood flow, it offers no protective effect on your brain volume. With another Prescription for Your Health, I'm Dr. Jim Bragman.
2: We're offering spectacular savings during the spring sales event at Parkway Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Great deals on our inventory of over 2,000 new vehicles, including our entire selection of Ram 1500 pickups with special lease deals on many of our best-selling models. Over 200 vehicles, under $200 a month. Early out on all lease payoffs of $3,000 or less. And Parkway offers an extra $2,000 for your trade-in. Only at Parkway Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram in
1: Clinton Township, where you just show up, sign up. And ride.